Welcome to The Blaze. This is episode 183. I am your host, Alejandro Oveda. I want to thank you for pushing play to another blazing week, and I want to tell you, you are supporting an independent podcast. Each and every week, I want to give you guys some content, and you can depend on The Blaze Podcast every Thursday. I want to remind you, you can find The Blaze Podcast on Anchor Podcast, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, or basically anywhere you guys get your podcasts at, you know. Uh, but this week, you know, has been real interesting. Uh, really doing the same old, same old in, the sa- in, in, a, in a different fashion, you know. We really were, were able to really slow down a little bit this weekend. Uh, was able to get out there on the water, got, been able to go fishing just for, for a couple hours, you know, uh, late. We decided to go late. Um, I think it was Sunday night. Um, such a beautiful sight, you know, uh, going out there, seeing that the, the sun uh, setting and, and knowing that, you know, it doesn't really matter if you catch or not. We just really went out there just to have a good time and really just relax and relax our mind and our, and our, and our spirits after a long week of work, you know, and, and, that, and that's something that we uh, try to do every week. Even though it's hard, it, it it becomes demanding sometimes. But you know, it's definitely uh, beneficial once you get out there. You really uh, lose yourself out when, when when you're just fishing and, and enjoying nature. Um, but we also went on a journey to go check out or, or to go try to find the new uh, Coke. If you haven't, I'm a huge Coke fan, uh, and I'm not talking about you know the drug. I'm talking about the, the soda uh but they they've been having different flavors um come out throughout the summer um and the, the this this uh flavor that we were looking for was is called dreamland dreamland right babe oh sorry dream world um but this this coke is definitely something that I, I, we we'd go anywhere to go try to find because uh, each and every time we we've tried a new one. I think the the latest one we've had was uh, the marshmallow uh, Coke, which was kind of different. I mean, I gotta tell you, Coke has been coming out with these new flavors, uh, giving you got giving you something new, a new twist on on what uh, Coke should be tasting like in the future or. Or in a different type of realm, you know, like this one is Dream World. So they had it tasted almost like a like a um, oh, how would you? I don't know how you would. Put it that, almost baby. tasted like a like a wild berry, um, almost. I, I'm going to say like a melon or a melon watermelon flavor, uh, with like a strawberry twist in there. You know it. Coke always has something new that that I, intrigues my taste buds, you know. Um, ever since we went to the Atlanta, um, you know, Coke tour, we 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 tried countless amounts of different cokes, and each time it has a different flair, and and that's what draws me in, and and it sucks because I you know I'm drinking soda, but definitely I I, I like uh, this type of. Uh, of a idea for a company like Coke who, you know, has been around for, I don't even know how long, but you know, it, it, it just gets the buyer to really 
pay attention to their product. And it's not all the time that, you know, we're buying, you know, soda. It, it, it's different times like this or when they're on sale, too, because uh, soda is super expensive. So that's the only time we really buy it. Um, but these are these are Coca-Cola creations. Just like I said, just explores different realms and, and it definitely gets my imagination and it, and it really takes me uh the consumer to a different kind of place when I'm, you know, splurging on, on Coke, but talking about splurging, we also were able to splurge on some awesome food this weekend. You know, we, we, we really took it easy. We didn't really want to do too much. Um, since we, we had a long week of work, I mean, it, it's been a, a tough, a tough thing for, you know, both me and my wife to really have a balanced schedule throughout the week. So, Often, you know, it comes a time on the weekend where we just want to slow down and we just want to just connect throughout the weekend because that's the only time we have to share. Especially, you know, I have the podcast going on. She has family things. I have family things. You know, things happen throughout the week that we have no control over. So we have to have uh, some control of, of that time and, and really use it wisely. So with, with that being said, we, you know, we, we had to get ready for um, this podcast this week. It, it, it was a tough one because I was I, I always look forward to recording the podcast, but sometimes the week comes by so quickly that I'm already at Thursday. Or, you know, my Thursday really starts on a Tuesday or a Monday. And, and, and that's crazy because it's like, you know, I, I still work th throughout the week, but... I'm still doing double work throughout the week trying to keep up with the podcast, which I love because it really challenges me. It really puts me into perspective of if I really were to take this serious and really take it to the next level and, you know, do full time po podcasting, how much work it would it would take. It, it would take amount, amount tremendously a lot of, of time. So I, I just give props to those people that, you know, really do the podcasting for a, a living because it is a tough job. Uh, but, but, but one thing I like to do each week is just give you guys, you know, something that I've been watching or listening to. And this week, I would like to talk about uh, a great Netflix, Netflix show. It's called Lock and Key. And, you know, the first season was released in 2020. Um, the show is like a mix of fantasy, horror, and drama. Um, but it, it is based on a, a comic book. And this show is uh, about a family who lost their father. Um, I'll just say that the father's name is Randall Locke. And uh, he lost his life by the hands of one of his students uh, named Sam. Uh, and this is when his wife uh, took his three kids and she moved them uh, away from uh, their old house, which was from Seattle. And they moved to Matheson, Massachusetts, where these kids end up, you know, discovering at this new house these, these special uh, keys. And this is when you find out, like, this house is sort of a portal of some sort. Um, and you, you kind of kind of then later understand that these keys are magic. Um, and each key has a different power. Uh, and if I if I were had to pick a key, it would probably be the Anywhere key. 
Um, and this key will take you anywhere as long as a door uh, is available with a keyhole. Um, this this is this show is crazy because it is it's almost sci-fi as well because uh, it takes you to other dimensions, you know. Um, but this is this house really. When I say a portal, it's really just possessed. I think it's possessed by a, a demonic entity that really lives around the, the whole property, and and it's searching for these keys to open up um, a door to to a certain you know to a certain realm or to open up a door for basically evil purposes. I'll say. Um, I really like the show though. It, it reminded me of Stranger Things, uh, mixed mixed in with uh, Umbrella Academy. You know, the first two seasons were incredible. Each one had, I think, ten episodes. Uh, the third and final season only had eight episodes, but I, I think they ended the show very well. Um, I think it's tough to end the show like this. You know, they could have kept going on and on and on and on. But I like that they ended it how they did. Um, but but the show has a lot of very spooky moments. Um, it often reminded me of a Stephen King movie, which is probably because you know the comic book uh, was written by uh, his son Joe Hill. Uh, but Netflix has been on a roll. I felt like with, with their with their content, especially with the addition of this Lock and Key um, series. You know, I love this show. It has magic. It has mystery. Each, ep I, I felt like each episode had something inter interesting. Uh, and and throughout the show, I didn't lose any interest. You know, they like I said, they closed season three to be the last season, um, and they ended it great. You know, um, but I don't want to ruin the story because you know the show does have great, you know, moments in it. Um, it really takes you on a journey. Uh, my wife and I really finished this. We binge watched this. I think this, this whole uh, three seasons in, in within a week uh, or a week and a half, I'd say. You know, like I said, it's very easy watching. The plot keeps you locked to your couch. You, you definitely want to know what happens next. Uh, so make sure you watch Lock and Key. Let me know what you think. Also, if you have any recommendations, make sure to call into the Blaze Podcast and let me know what you guys are watching. And this week I was able to listen to a bunch of music, so I really wanted to talk about the new Larry June project called Spaceships on the Blade. Uh, Larry June is an independent po uh, podcast, is an independent hip hop artist from San Francisco area. I first heard of uh, Larry June in it had to be 2019 with his project called Early Bird. Uh, that same year, he dropped four other projects. And since then, he's became a focal uh, part of the uh, Bay Area uh, sound, trying to revive that sound. Um, he has been gaining traction in the industry, especially with this latest project called Spaceships on the Blade. Uh, like I said, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, creativity I'm a big fan of artistry, and, and I think he really uh, put both in, in, in this album. Uh, this project was released last Friday 
Um, and since then, it's honestly, it's been in my headphones. It's been in my in the car. It's been on my computer on my when I'm gaming um, all week. I'm telling you, it's been uh, Larry June. I, I'm, I'm definitely a huge fan now. Um, I, I've been a fan, you know, with this prior stuff, but uh, this one definitely took 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 me by surprise. You know, uh, with the style and the vibe of the of the, of the album, uh, it reminds me of that old Bay Area type of music that I used to listen to. You know, back in two thousand, early two thousands, um, Mag, you know, Mac Dre. Uh, oh, man, who who does he remind me of? He he reminded me of a Mac Dre, Dom Kennedy and currency mashup you know like if you put those three people together that's that's who larry june would sound like in my opinion um you can't really put a name on it you can't really put a put a stamp on it it's definitely his own uh which which definitely it sometimes it, it seems like he doesn't even try but that's how that's how easy going i feel like the music is you know um, it gets in the in the pr production on it as well uh, goes hand in hand with with, with his flow, uh, but in my opinion, you know, Larry June is the ultimate hustler. Uh, he went from a major label, you know, uh, not really seeing that much success to now being on his own label and seeing how this project is being received. Uh, received, you know. Uh, it's a it's a, it's a one up for him right here. Um, this project is meant to be played. I felt on the weekend, you know, at the weekend barbecue, uh, in the car, uh, definitely if you're cruising. Uh, but definitely for those Fresno summer nights, this is something that I feel like uh, would get the would get the get people jumping, you know. So if you're looking for a dope album. Make sure to listen to Larry June's latest project called Spaceships on the Blade. And make sure to call into the podcast and let us know what you guys are listening to this week. But now I want to talk about the California Senate bill, which will ban foreign governments from buying agriculture land. Uh, the California state bill will be called uh, State Bill 1084, uh, which would put new restrictions on who can purchase agriculture uh, land in California. I think the goal is really to prohibit, you know, foreign governments from buying California's, you know, fertile and, and precious ag and farming lands. Um, I don't know why we would want somebody from a foreign country, you know, to or a foreign government to own and possibly control uh, the food in our in our country you know that it, it just doesn't make sense for us to uh not have something like this to protect you know the well-being of california uh but you know the, like like i said the, the goal is to prohibit foreign governments from buying california's uh farming lands uh but two percent already over two percent of the ag lands already owned by foreign people and foreign governments. Um, there's already a big presence here in Fresno County that uh, a lot of the agriculture land now has been uh, owned now by foreign owners. You know, if this bill really passes, it, I hope it will. Uh, 
just to, to prohibit the government, you know, uh, foreign governments uh, from owning, you know, land here in California. I think we need to control, uh, especially the food, uh, and 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 make sure that people that are against us, you know, doesn't have uh, that uh, way of really purchasing, acquiring, leasing, um, or holding any interest here on uh, California land. You know, uh, this is yet to be voted on. It's still in the process, um, but there's no timetable when, when, when the Senate will vote on this bill. But I think this bill definitely needs to pass. Uh, like I said, already t close to 3% of the, the agriculture lands are being uh, purchased by foreign owners. And we need to make sure that we're, we are purchasing our own land. And uh, I, I'm not too sure exactly how we could do that and, and, and to come together and really um, put out a plan, but it, it's 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 a crazy thing that you know to think that you know Russia or China or anywhere else could could own a piece of uh, California's you know uh, food industry it is I don't know I just think it's a it's a weird topic it's uh, something that definitely needs to be looked at and I think you know uh, giving people a chance to uh, understand what, what this bill is and especially if it when it comes into uh the senate to be voted on you know i, I just hope that more information will be come out i'm, I'm definitely going to do my due diligence but i definitely wanted to talk about it just uh you know just because it's intriguing so uh let me know what you guys think about that new uh senate bill it's called california senate state bill 10 1084. Now let's talk about some local events and I want to talk about the second annual Thrift and Vintage Expo and that will be August 27th. That's going to be this weekend on Saturday um, at the Fresno Fairgrounds. It's going to be a great event. You know, it's going to feature some live music, live dancing, uh, DJ sets, and over, I think, 70 different vendors. Um, I think it's great that, you know, people are going to be utilizing the fairgrounds a little bit more often, uh, seeing that, you know, we, we, we're coming to a point where um, the fairgrounds should be an, a, a place that is often open to the public. Um, with these types of expos, with the fair, with uh, different types of events, you know, I think it's great. Uh, it hasn't been like that forever, so seeing that, you know, uh, we're, we, we're utilizing that space and uh, utilizing the resources we have uh, for, you know, places like a, a, a vendor or a thrifted vintage expo. I think it's great, uh, especially to highlight some live music, you know, especially one of my favorite local artists, which is BKR. And if you haven't heard of BKR raps, uh, make sure you check out my one of uh, my blaze talks uh which features him um he's one of my lo local favorites and he's gonna hit the stage at this event so it's something i think to look forward to uh especially in the future seeing more events like this um i just say make sure you know you support your local vendors 
Make sure you support your artists and, you know, support your local businesses. But also want to uh, tell you about another event that we have going on um, September 10th. Um, and this event is going to be awesome. Um, it's it's uh, actually put on by Cumbiatron. It's a Cumbiatron event. So Saturday, September 10th uh, at the park at Park Place in Fresno, California. I'll have a lot more information in the weeks to come, but I just wanted to start talking about this event. Um, it's going to have some great artists, uh, great food vendors, a lot of local uh, businesses, a lot of lo local talent is going to be out there. You know, I'm going to be attending this event and doing hopefully some live recordings. Um, so make sure you check out Cumbiatron.com uh, for tickets and other info for the event. You know, I'm excited um, to check out uh, some of the headlining artists that are including um, Los Racas from uh, Oakland, California, and also that uh, Selena tribute band. Um, so if you're, you know, definitely into a good time, if you're looking for something to do, you know, Fresno always has something to do. Um, and definitely looking for good music. Uh, make sure to check out this event. Um, stay stay tuned to, to the Blaze Podcast uh, for more info and more uh, about this event. This is going to be a great event, so you definitely don't want to miss it. Um, make sure you guys are supporting, you know, uh, these events, these uh, artists, and, and also the businesses around them that are supporting those uh you know, events, it's a big thing to be a sponsor. So uh, do your part by supporting everything local. Now let's talk about one of my favorite, favorite segments, Friday Night Lights. Week one in the books. Uh, got some scores for you guys. You know, uh, Long Beach Poly versus that number 10 Clovis. Uh, Clovis lost 56-7. to seven. Uh, Bakersfield versus Buchanan. Buchanan got the upper hand on that 56 to 3. Um, Clovis East versus Dinuba. Um, Clovis East got the win 48 to 21. Kerman versus Tachilla. Uh, great game for in that division uh, 35 to 28. Kennedy versus Edison uh, 13 to 20. Number two, Central versus Edison uh, 28 to 7. Bullard versus Hanford. 22 to 41. Uh, Spanish Springs versus the number one team in the Valley, Liberty. I, I think Liberty got the upper hand on that one. Um, Ridgeview versus uh, Clovis West. Clovis West dominated 0 to 42, gave him the donut. Uh, Reedley versus Fireball, 34 to 12. The new Sanger West versus Sanger. Uh, Sanger dominated, uh, gave. Gave Sanger West the, the donut as well, 58-0. Sunnyside versus Golden Valley, 50-27. Uh, to 27. Clovis North versus San Joaquin Memorial. And Memorial's looking, they're looking really good this year. Uh, they got the, probably one of the best uh, teams in the Valley right now. Uh, they gave uh, 
Clovis North, the, the donut, 34-0. Madera versus Torres, 25-28. And Porterville versus McLean, 14-6. And this week, we got week two matchups. Uh, and th- these are not all the games. I'm telling you, that like these are just some of the games to be watching for throughout the season. You know, of course, they're going to be let. I'm going to have less games uh, to talk about when, when uh, we come uh, to... Um, uh, conference play. So we got a lot of games right now, but once conference play comes around, we're, we're going to see a lot of these games come less and less. So um, right now for week two, we got Redwood versus Clovis North, Liberty versus Singer West, Atwater versus Clovis East, uh, San Joaquin Memorial versus Central. That's going to be probably the game of the week. That's the number four team versus the number two team. Uh, Fresno Heights versus Chowchilla. Buchanan versus Escalon, Turlock versus Clovis West, uh, Kingsburg versus Sunnyside, Ridgeview versus Liberty, Torres versus Kerman, Sanger versus number 10 Clovis, Reedley versus Roosevelt, Sierra Pacific versus Hoover, Madera versus Selma, Tulare Western versus Bullard, and Lamore versus Washington Union. You know, once we get into week three, I will start talk start talking more about rankings. I know throughout this whole segment, I was talking about you know number ten, number six on different teams, but uh, in my head, I have to remember uh, some of these teams that have been playing uh, well. Like I said, that number ten Clovis, uh, they they ended up beating um, or losing to uh, Long Beach Poly, so they're going to remain probably one of the, one of the upper end ended teams. But like San Joaquin Memorial, Central, uh, some of the top teams, you know, we got to continue to remain uh, focused on on their rankings here in the Valley. Um, So I'm excited for, you know, Friday Night Lights segment to be back each week. So make sure you guys tune in for more um, on your high school football. Now now let's talk about our Fresno State football. Uh, The Dogs wrapped up fall camp this weekend and featured a mock game or some type of scrimmage. Um, that included some live snaps from QB Jake Hayner and the rest of the offense. Hayner looked good throwing. I think he had a couple TDs uh, during the scrimmage. Um, we saw some different defensive looks as Tedford is starting to use some of uh, the younger uh, freshmen. Um, as you know, he he was saying that um, they were lacking uh, team depth last season. So this fall camp, you know, was definitely a success as uh, there was a limited amount of fights uh, from offense to defense. Um, you know, when, when when you have all that competition, we have high competition like that, you you often get scraps around, the, you know. And between these teammates, um, you know, you, you really want competition, but you also want it to be controlled with, with good spirits and and uh, for each other, you know. Um, so anytime I think scraps got out of hand, uh, Tedford really put these guys together, made them um, come together. Uh, I think one time he, he made them hold hands um, throughout, you know, practice um, and walk around the football field. But, you know, to me, it, it's those times where, where, where Coach uh, plays hard on these guys to really come together 
uh, and to become one. And that's what, what, what what's good about these fall camps for these teams like um, the Bulldogs, which, you know, are at, are, are at an edge right now for talent with the NIL, uh, the new NIL rules, and then also the, the, the um, you know, the portal, which you, you can go into the portal and uh, transfer to any school you want to. So it's just a, it's a weird uh, position where Fresno State's in right now. Uh, but they're definitely the front runner uh, to win the Mountain West Championship. I've been talking about the return of, you know, Jake Hayner every week. Uh, but the, the other players like Jordan Mims at running back, James Kelly and 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 Jalen Cropper at wide receiver, um, and I can't speak more about having Tedford back. You know, uh, we're we're, we're going to be the team to beat, um, and it has it's going to be one of the most important seasons in Bulldog history. After you know, Big Ten scrapped up UCLA uh, and USC. Now they're, they'll be going. Uh, those two teams will be going to the Big Ten in 2024, which they signed for seven years, uh, worth seven billion dollars in media rights, um, and this dwarfs what Mountain West and and what you know Fresno State is receiving in their contract, uh, which is only 270 million over six years, and that's that's. The whole conference, not just two teams, but the dogs are looking for you know a Pac-12 invite, and the only way to get it is gonna be to win. Coach Tedford really put together a great you know uh, coaching staff this season. Um, they're looking to really win big, you know, uh, win big now too. It, they're not looking for next season. They're looking right now to, to really make the difference. And for in order for us to really make that transition from Mountain West to Pac-12, uh, we really need to, to sell out, you know, Valley Children's Stadium. It's a must uh, win also at with the new um, ballot, uh, the new uh, measure that's going to be on the ballot uh, on November 8th at the voting poll, um, which will the dogs will need this, you know, measure E to really pass a, a, a 0.2% sales tax, which is proposed in Fresno County to help Fresno State academics, um, athletics, um, and, and to help repair their old, you know, um, fields, their old um, facilities. Um, it's a 20-year deal uh, to really help Fresno State. So basically, what Measure Z did for Chaffee Zoo is basically what Measure E is going to do for uh, Fresno State. Um, it's going to help, you know, the academics, help the, help the athletics, um, it's going to give scholarships to low income students, expand access to programs such as, you know, the nursing program, the agriculture pro program and engineering programs, um, and provide, like I said, the, the, the upkeep and, and the upgrades that need needed, uh, for 
not only academic, but also athletic facilities. Um, so this, there's a lot riding on the season, especially with, with, with that measure E um, to help them get to that next level. Um, I just hope that, you know, the money that is spent for measure E is not only going to the football team, that it is really going to academics, that it's really going to other aspects of Fresno State and, and um, the whole uh, sports programs and the whole academic programs, you know, uh, it would be great. I, I wouldn't mind that 0.2% tax. Uh, but if the money's not being spent wisely and it's only going to one, you know, major thing like Fresno State football, which is huge, and I understand it's probably the number one uh, moneymaker in Fresno's, in Fresno's uh, State sports, you know, uh, I understand, but we also got to uh, give love to all the other things that make uh, college a college. So hopefully, you know, that, that, that does pass. Um, but we're so, we're so uh, ready for this season to start. Uh, we got eight days really away from their home opener uh, versus Cal Poly. Uh, so be sure to tune in every week for more on your Fresno State football. Now let's talk about our Central Valley Fuego who has a record of 7, 6, and 8. And this week, the Fuego jumped up to 7 in the USL 1 standings after tying the Richmond Kickers at home last weekend. The Fuego was up till you know, the last minutes of the game. Uh, that's when they gave up the score uh, from a penalty and then won after the, the 90th minute. Um, I saw some footage of the game, and they looked incredible, especially after facing, you know, the second best team in the USL one league. But this week, the Central Valley Fuego has two home games. The first home game uh, is Saturday, August 28th versus Tormenta. And then also Wednesday, August 31st uh, versus Tucson. Uh, both games start at 730. Um, they're both a must wins as Tormenta is ranked eighth. And then Tucson is ranked dead last and the 11th in the USL standing. So, you got to make sure to support, you know, your your Central Valley Fuego uh, this week right outside, you know, the Valley Children's Stadium at the Federal State Soccer Field. That's where um, they play their home games. So make sure you guys support Central Valley Fuego this weekend. Now let's talk about our Fresno Grizzlies. Uh, the Grizzlies are 30-20, and 20, and the Grizzlies are now first in the California League standings. Uh, the Grizzlies went 6-0 and and swept the Visalia Rawhide this week. The first game, 6-1 with the win. 6-1 uh, the second game, 10-8, uh, 15-5, 10-3, and then the sixth game, 7-5. Uh, the, the Grizz are currently at home with a 2-0 uh, lead in the series versus Stockton Ports in another, you know, their other six-game series. But this weekend's teams at the Chuck this weekend are Marvel's Defenders of the Diamond, um, Fresno State Night, and then Nickelodeon Paw Patrol Night. You know, next week the Grizzlies will also be uh, at home versus the Modesto Nuts before going back on the road. So make sure you guys are supporting your uh, local uh professional baseball team this weekend um and also just support all your local uh teams throughout uh, the valley you know we, we got high school football 
We have uh, college football that's going to be starting, soccer right in the middle, and and baseball. Uh, we have a lot of things going on in in our in our uh, section here in the in California. So make sure you guys are just uh, supporting everything local. Now let's talk about the MLB and the Dodgers are eighty six and thirty seven. They remain first in the NL West. The Dodgers fell one and two at the Brewers last week. Then the Dodgers went three and zero versus the Marlins. Uh, the Dodgers had another shot at the Brewers at home. Uh, again, the best of them um, really sweeping them 3-0. And this weekend, the Dodgers will be on the road at Marlins. Then we'll take a trip uh, to the Mets during the week. Uh, and the Dodgers are just focusing right now on just the championship and um, where where they want to fall um, this October. Um, they still have a great chance of winning 113 games which would shatter their 2019 uh 100 with 106 wins and then uh basically last year they tied it you know with 106 wins but there's really no slowing down the Dodgers until they really clinch uh that playoff spot but the Padres who are 68 and 58 the Padres remain second in the NL West standings only seven games ahead of the the Giants right now, and last week the Padres went two and two versus the Nationals. They went zero and two versus the Guardians, and this weekend the Padres will be on the road versus the Royals, and then they'll be at the Giants over the week. Uh, the Padres have been hurting since the news that Fernando Tatis Jr. was suspended eighty games after testing positive for a steroid uh, test. Uh, Tatis has been remorseful throughout the week. Uh, really coming together with his teammates and really um, those those teammates have been coming to his side and it'll, it'll be interesting to see um, next year how how well that Padres lineup is going to be. Uh, but the Giants right now are sixty one and sixty two. Last week the Giants finished their series versus the Diamondbacks. They tied it two and two. Then went uh, one and two at the Rockies. Um, this weekend the Giants remain at the Twins. Um, over the weekend, and then they'll be back at home, uh, like I said earlier, versus the Padres. But every game matters right now for the Giants, as there's really only 39 total games. When I'm speaking right now on Thursday, uh, 39 total games. So uh, every game matters for the for the Giants right now. This matchup this weekend has a lot of stake for both clubs versus the Padres. Uh, so be sure to tune in. To the Blaze Podcast next week for more on the MOB. Now let's talk about the NFL. We're we're just weeks away from the start of the first week of the NFL. But before we talk about any of those games, let's talk talk about the announcement that Baker Mayfield is going to be the Carolina Panthers starting QB. I said that previous podcast ago that I believe that he would uh, beat Sam Darnold in their QB competition. And it looks like uh, Baker Mayfield is making some great chemistry with the whiteouts um, there in, in Carolina. Uh, the, the the Panthers really have a chance to see, you know, um, Baker Mayfield in in uh, starter mode. Um, literally this weekend, they're going to be having their last preseason game um, versus, I think it's the Bills. Um, but it's going to be... Great to see Mayfield on a team that really appreciates his talents. 
Um, you know, he played for the Cleveland Browns previously, and I, I, I believe that he has the game to really put it together, especially with the Carolina Panthers. But also this week, I want to talk about, you know, the fantasy as, as the season uh, preseason is ticking away, and uh, we're coming to a lot of, you know, fantasy talk. Uh, but my favorite picks for each position this season at QB, um, my, my favorite uh, pick for QB would be Josh Allen, um, and he plays for the Bills. Um, at running back, I'd go with Jonathan Taylor from in, uh, Indianapolis. Uh, at wide receiver, I'd go Justin Jefferson from Minnesota. At tight end, I would go from my team, the, the Falcons, Kyle Pitts. And then at kicker, I would go Justin Tucker from Baltimore uh, Ravens. And then on defense, definitely got to go with the Buffalo Bills. Um, I'm not playing fantasy this this year due to time constraints and whatnot. But this week, you know, will be the last game of the preseason. And I'm just ready to start, you know, that 2022 season. So next week, I will be talking predictions for each division. So make sure to tune in each week for more on the NFL. Now let's talk about the NBA. And the start of the season is going to be October 18th. So we're, we already talked about uh, Christmas Day schedule last week. Uh, but this week, I want to talk about uh, the Lakers who are expecting to acquire Patrick Beverly in a trade for Taylor Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson uh, with the Jazz. Beverly's contract will be expiring, and that will leave you know LeBron James and Anthony Davis, the only two players on the books uh, for that 2022-23 season, which will give you know the Lakers that cap space to really build a great team around those two superstars. Uh, but also in the news, Oklahoma City Thunder. Chet Holmgren is going under, undergoing tests for potential torn foot ligaments. He was the number two pick in the 2022 NBA draft. That seven-footer, you know, he was playing uh, in Jamal Crawford's uh, pro-am in Seattle. He, he actually got hurt guarding LeBron James on a freak play during transition and, and landed awkwardly. Um, they later canceled the game at halftime due to slippery conditions on the court. But Holmgren is, you know, a lanky seven-footer who has a very, very thin frame. So injury is something that could have been prevented. And, and really just not playing in something like a pro-am game is something that you shouldn't have done uh, within weeks of training camp. You know, the NBA season is going to start. In, in less than a couple of months, so you have a lot at stake, especially being that number two pick that have to, that really uh, fell down on the draft um, after going uh, number two, second after Paulo Branchero, who who was uh, drafted by the uh, Magic at number one. I think you know at at number two, you really have to prove yourself. So I don't know why you're out there playing in a pro am game. Um, Play your NBA season first and see how you do, and then go play pro am. But you know you haven't even played one game in the NBA and you're already hurt. So hopefully he gets well soon. But it, it, I, did, I think he could have really just uh, he could have really just prevented it by not even playing. <laughs> but now I want to talk about UFC 278. And last week I talked about you know that Kamaru uh, 
Usman and Leon Edwards 2 fight. And this week, we have a new champion, that welterweight champion. You know, the, the fight looked one-sided as Usman looked to dominate through the first five rounds. That is until late in the fifth round with under a minute left. Leon Edwards lands a massive leg kick to the face of Kamaru Usman. This kick was placed perfectly connected to Usman's head to make one of the most incredible comebacks uh, wins in UFC history. Both fighters, you know, have seen each other early on in their careers with the result of a decision in favor of Usman. Uh, but there will now definitely be a third fight as this may um, have been one of the best knockouts in UFC history. Um, if you have not seen the fight, make sure to check it out on YouTube if you can. Um, and we will be getting ready for UFC 279, which will have Nick Diaz in the main event. So make sure you guys tune in to the Blaze Podcast for more on the UFC. But I want to thank you for pushing play each and every week. Your support goes a long way for this independent podcast. Just want to remind you guys uh, to find us everywhere on all your social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter. Um, definitely rate us on all the platforms. Uh, let us know exactly how we're doing. Uh, you can you can find us basically everywhere, uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor Podcasts. And make sure you guys do, do call in. Uh, there should be a little uh, link on each uh, platform to, to be able to to connect with the podcast. So make sure you guys are doing your part. Support all your local pod, uh, businesses. Support all your local artists and support all your local podcasts. I'm Alejandro Oveda signing off. Episode 183.